They can make us laugh, cry, stomp our feet, raise our fists in protest, but most importantly, they dazzle us and take us to another place without even leaving our seats. I feel lucky that some of my earliest and greatest memories are at Broadway shows. I've been to hundreds. The show's about to begin. Take your seats. We're going to Broadway, baby. It's showtime on FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. You got it. That's right, that's right, amigos. Welcome to this, the third episode of FYI for your Inglés. And this is a podcast, a weekly podcast, where we look at a lot of different things, topics, subjects, anything of interest. In fact, if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. Guys, feel free to drop me a line on patreon.com. Remember, it's patreon.com slash, which is barra, Alberto Alonso. And uh, I'll answer all your questions. I can also take your suggestions for future shows. And you'll get tons of bonus content. Remember, there's a free part to this podcast that you're listening to right now that everybody anywhere in the world on any platform can listen to. But then I have some bonus content, some exclusive bonus content for my Patreon supporters because I can't thank you enough. So thank you so much to all of my Patreon supporters for your support. And uh, as you know, I will give you a shout out a little bit later on in the show. So right now we've got to get into today's topic. The show has started. The curtain is up. La cortina se ha subido. And uh, we're going to look at one of my favorite subjects today. In fact, I love this subject so much that I decided to dedicate four years, my degree, mi carrera. Be careful with this word because the word degree is what you study. Your career is what happens after. I think it's vida profesional in Spanish. So I love the theater so much that I decided to get a BFA, a Bachelor in Fine Arts. Yeah, BFA stands for Bachelor of Fine Arts, Bellas Artes, I think you say in Spanish. So I've been a theater lover since I was a little kid. Now, firstly, let's look at some of the vocabulary from our intro. They can make us laugh. Let's look at the pronunciation of that word, laugh. No lauch, laugh. They can make us cry <laughs> or stomp our feet, right? To stomp your feet. Uh, well, if you're having a good time or if the, the music is catchy, pegadizo, you will stomp your feet or even sing along, cantar con ellos, to sing along. And even some shows, some Broadway shows, well, you'll even raise your fist in protest. The word fist is your puño. I almost said muñeca. Muñeca is wrist. And puño is fist. Most importantly, they dazzle us. They amaze us. Asombrarnos. And that's why I love the theater. Because it takes us to another time and place, as I said. You're in your seat. You paid for your ticket, but it's like you're going on a trip. Como si te, te fueras de viaje. So, and I'm very lucky. I grew up in New York, in the New York area. And I have attended so many Broadway shows with my mother. We've created so many memories. We have bonded to bond, like James Bond, right? Es crear vínculos. We bonded uh, over the theater. So my mother and I have seen many, many shows together. But there's one thing. Well, we don't have the same taste. She likes big musical theater, and I like more rock and roll, more subject matter. But hey, we take turns, turneamos. We take turns. And my mother has instilled this love of theater uh, in me. My mother loves theater, and that's probably why I love theater. As we say, uh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. La manzana no cae lejos del árbol. And it's, pretty, it's a pretty visual expression there. So uh, have you guys ever been? I'm sure many of you have been to the theater, but have you ever been to Broadway? I mean, Broadway is like the pinnacle Right? The pinnacle is el pico, lo más alto. The pinnacle 
of theater. I mean, sometimes they compare it to the West End in London, right? The West End. But being a New Yorker, I've got to always side with, right? To side with. I've always got to side with Broadway. Because when I think of theater, I think of Broadway. And I think many of you, too. So the show is about to begin. A punto de. To be about to. I said the show. You can also say the play. The play, to be more specific. I've heard people say theater play. Not necessarily. You don't have to say theater play. right? It's not necessary. You can just say, we're going to see a play. In fact, I don't think I've ever said a theater play in my life. We just call it a play, a secas, as you say in Spanish. So then I said, the show's about to begin. The play is about to begin. Take your seats. Now, to take your seat is coge el asiento, no? We're going to Broadway. Broadway, baby. There's no business like show business. No hay ningún negocio como lo de eh, performing, right? Performing. You know this word. You use the word performance in Spanish, right? A performance is what they do. The actors perform. Remember, we're always playing with words. Performance is the noun. Well, to perform is the verb. The curtain goes up. Right? Vamos a pronunciar esta curtain. The curtain goes up and let the magic begin. It's showtime. It's showtime. All right, well, let's let's take a deeper look at Broadway. And believe me, today I'm going to be telling you about Broadway, not because I researched it, investigar, to research, but because I dedicated my life to studying the theater, going to the theater, so I can tell you from firsthand experience about Broadway. So the first question is, what is Broadway? Okay, yeah, it's a theater area in New York. It's a street, right? Is it an area? What is this? All right, well, we need to clear things up here. In fact, you want a good trivia question for your friends? Most Broadway theaters are not on Broadway, on the street, Broadway. I think there are probably about, depending on the year, probably about five or six Theaters that are actually, their address is Broadway. But you're saying, Alberto, but isn't Broadway, wasn't that the street that's famous for all the theaters? Isn't that why they call it Broadway? Yes. It's because of that street, but because, uh, you know, it's gotten bigger and bigger and it's grown and things don't always grow, you know, perfectly. They grow however they grow, really, in an organic way many times. We need to make a distinction here between what, is the theater district and Broadway. When we talk about Broadway a lot of times as a theatrical institution, we're talking about the theater district in New York City. What is the theater district? Where is the theater district? It's uh, bounded. Bounded is like closed in or tied in by West 40th Street, West 40th, El 40, on the south, and West 54th, so you can, you can imagine 40th to West 54th Street on the north. And then it goes from 6th Avenue to 8th Avenue. It's a pretty small little area on the island of Manhattan. Uh, and it includes Times Square. In fact, if you go to Times Square, you're in the heart of Manhattan. You're in the heart of New York. You're in the heart of the world, but you're also in the heart of the theater district. So, remember, when we talk about Broadway, make sure you know whether we're talking about Broadway, the institution, or Broadway, the street. Because Broadway, the street, is one of the longest streets. In fact, it's 53 kilometers long. Broadway's 53 kilometers long. And 29 of those kilometers are not even in New York City's limits. That's how broad, amplio, Broadway is. And, as you can imagine, that's where it got its name right? Broadway. Broadway. New Yorkers are very logical people, right? Broadway. Via Amplia. Makes sense. Doesn't, doesn't it remind you of the theater district in Madrid? The Gran Via. That's your Broadway. So remember, Broadway the street and then the theater district. Make sure we don't mix them up because one is, whew, one's not even in New York City at the end of it. It's not even in New York City. The terminus, as we say as well. So let's take a look at Broadway. Let's take a look at musical theater and its origins. Like many theatrical origins, we're got to go back to ancient Greece. Cuidado no se pronuncia ancient, sino ancient. And like many things, it was adopted by, adoptado por, 
adopted by the Romans. See that? Man, the Romans. Uh, una buena expresión, a good idiom. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. Donde fueres, haz lo que vieres. Pero se puede decir, resumiendo, when in Rome, right? When in Rome. So yeah, the, the Romans, they like to adopt things. And they said, you know what? We like that theater thing, you know, that's going on there. Let's adopt that. And, well, what happened was, of course, China, you know, they saw it and they said, wait, monkey see, monkey do. I think you say in Spanish, culo veo, culo quiero, you know. It's like when a kid sees, hey, he has an ice cream. I want an ice cream. Or, hey, he's jumping in the pool. I want to jump in the pool. I mean, it's human nature. We say monkey see, monkey do. So China said, wait, wait, I want to get in on the action too. This whole theater thing seems pretty amazing. So some of the earliest theater comes from those civilizations. Now, if we fast forward a little bit, can't talk about theater and musical theater without talking about Italy, right? Without talking about opera. In fact, we have a great idiom that comes from opera. The idiom says, it's not over till the fat lady sings. No se ha acabado hasta que cante la gorda, which means, wait, there's more to be seen. We're not done yet. And that's a great idiom. It's not over till the fat lady sings. Opera? Was opera a big deal? Una gran cosa? Oh, you bet. Oh, claro que sí. You bet. You bet it was a big deal. It remained the most popular form of entertainment in Europe for three centuries. So opera was the king. Unbeatable. Nobody could touch opera. And the next revolution in theater technically didn't come. Of course, there are many revolutions, and we could go through hours and hours of the history of theater. I studied theater history. I'm trying to highlight, destacar, trying to highlight some of the, the important moments. So then we, we fast forward to the late 1800s, finales de uh, 1800. This is when Broadway opened its doors. The thing we know today known as Broadway. But it wasn't... Like now people think of Broadway and they think, wow, it's the cream of the crop. The creme de la creme. The cream of the crop. We say the crop de la cosecha. The word crop is cosecha. But back then, when back in the late, late 1800s, it wasn't very reputable. I mean, people didn't even consider it art. They consider it more like circus performing. Actors, you know, now we look at actors, we take pictures of them, we, you know, we follow them on Facebook. But back then it was like, oh, you're a traveling, you know, poor person who just, you can't have a real job, so you're like a circus freak. And that was the idea for many, many years on how actors were treated and the profession was treated. So it wasn't, uh, you know, it was there, it was a form of entertainment, but, you know, it wasn't high class, it wasn't anything that you would say, wow, culture, you know. Until the 20s, the 1920s, the roaring 20s, as we called them in the United States. And that's when there was a boom in general in the United States, but specifically in the entertainment world. And that boom was short-lived, unfortunately. Short-lived means it didn't last long. No duró mucho tiempo. It didn't last long. Why? The Great Depression. The Great Depression kind of stopped everything in its tracks, like kind of like the corona, uh, the COVID-19 crisis has done now. It stops everything in its tracks, the Great Depression. So many people were out of work. To be out of work means you're unemployed in El Paro, to be out of work, to be unemployed. And so we're talking about writers, you know, playwrights. La persona que guioniza una obra de teatro is the playwright, the person who writes a play is called a playwright. But be careful, the word write is written differently. It's write like the Wright brothers, the guys who invented the airplane. So be careful with that one, playwright. So playwrights, actors, stagehands. Now stagehands are assistants, people who work in the production area. They, they, they were out of work. I, the whole, I mean, the United States, the world was, was really suffering from this economic depression. But what comes after the storm? Usually, some of the most creative periods ever. After a storm comes the rainbow, right? From the 30s to the 50s, Broadway just took it to another level. They raised the bar. Subieron el listón. It was a hugely creative period. So imagine that. Out of this adversity came creativity, came opportunity. And that's a beautiful story in itself. 
And that was from the 30s to the 50s, 1930s to 1950s. And guess what? It's a roller coaster. That's how business works, especially show business. It's a, it's a beautiful business. It's a great business. But it's not an easy business, right? If show business was an easy business to get into, well, there would be a lot more actors, a lot more, I mean, well-known people who are making a living, ganándose la vida, así. So there was another decline in the 50s. And this one, this decline was due to competition from Hollywood. But Broadway, as it had done before, pulled itself out of that slump Ese bajón, ese periodo malo. It pulled itself out of that slump and, well, it's back. And it's back today and bigger than ever. In fact, one thing that's on everybody's to-do list when they go to New York City is what? Well, go see a Broadway show. Or as we say, take in. Like you do with breath, right? Because that's what you do. You're supposed to experience theater. I've always, my love of the theater happens out of the idea that I love movies, but I, I go to a movie and that's already been done. And when I go to the, to the theater, it's happening in the moment. It's, it's real. I'm feeling that person's emotions in the same room. And that, uh, that, that live aspect is uh, it's incredible. You, know, you can feel the person screaming and, and those, those uh, different sound waves, I would say, they hit your arm and your, and your neck and they make your hair stand on end. Or they give you goosebumps because you're just moved, conmovido. And that's what the theater does. The theater transports you. It makes you think about the human, exist, human existence. It makes you sing, laugh, cry, celebrate, you know, reflect, and all. All that and much, much more. And mostly, it entertains us. We need to be entertained. We've needed to be entertained. So Hollywood came in and, you know, all right. But then people realized, wait, movies are one thing. Because movies really caught on. To become popular is to catch on. And movies really started to catch on. And this led to, led to the decline of Broadway in the 50s or so. But they bounced back again. Uh, and they, they'll continue to bounce back. I remember being, I was actually working as a telemarketer, you know, alguien que vende por teléfono, during, right after September 11th, el 11 de septiembre, 9-11 or September 11th, we said, and I was selling tickets to Broadway. And I remember, you know, trying to convince people, don't worry, Broadway has bounced back, ha vuelto, and it'll bounce back again because people need to be entertained. People want to laugh. People want to learn. People want to think about our existence. They want to ask themselves questions, you know. So let's take a look at a few uh, key shows, I would say, or a few key plays that kind of changed the game. Plays that were a turning point, un antes y un después. The first one I want to talk about is uh, Showboat. Now, Showboat, I have to be honest, this is one I haven't seen, and I'm not big on the the big classic musicals. That's my mom's style. But I go, you know, as I said. We're, we're always negotiating. You know? Okay, we'll see one of yours, and then next time we'll see one of mine. So Showboat, but by far one of the most popular musicals ever. It dealt with not just music and, you know, and, and singing and, and, and dialogue, but it also dealt with topics. It showed people that theater, just like Hollywood or just like any art, can be a reflection of society, can, be, can tell us a, a story or can teach us a moral, una moraleja, or something. So we started to see more of these themes coming up, and now you see that all the time. So remember, it started more just like songs all together, just a review of songs, no? Como un mix de canciones. And then they say, well, let's put the songs together so they kind of have like a, you know, a storyline. And then they said, well, let's write the songs in a storyline, and then maybe some dialogue, and, and then it just kept evolving and evolving until you got stuff like West Side Story, which had choreography, it had singing, dancing, acting, you know, dialogue, a little bit of everything. It had different themes about racism, prejudice, and as many of you know, West Side Story, a classic based on Romeo and Juliet, based on Romeo and Juliet. Then we fast forward to the 60s. I remember hearing a lot about this one when I studied hair. Right. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. You know that one from the song, right? 
And hair was another one that changed the game. Because up until then, musical theater relied on classic, like classical music, jazz music. You know, they didn't use popular music. They dealt with current themes in society, but they still weren't using the music that was popular. And then Hare said, well, wait a second. Let's, lo- let's use the music that these kids are listening to to try and, you know, reach them. And obviously, uh, they came up with what was known as the first rock musical. And now we know many. Now it's very common to see a rock musical boat. This was in the 60s. This changed everything. And it was controversial, too. There's another thing. Art should make you think and say, wait, this has never been done before. This was one of the first shows, big shows, I should say, where uh, there was nudity on stage. People were buck naked. In pelotas. Buck naked or stark naked. So hair, that was another one. Uh, The one of my generation was Rent which uh, had electronic music, rock, a little bit of everything that was popular in the 90s. And it tells the story of young people living in New York, a bohemian group of friends. And it's loosely based on, this is one of my favorite ones, Rent, Alquiler. It's loosely based on Puccini's La Boheme. So there's that throwback again, ese tributo. So it's always, they're always, you know, uh, looking back at the classics and somehow bringing them into it. Only, you know, as I said, speaking to our generation with our language, with our kind of music, you know. So Rent, they always compared when Rent came out, when I was, I think that was 1994, it opened on Broadway. I could be wrong. Around 94. They said Rent is the hair of the 90s. And it was true because it dealt with people with AIDS, con sida. It dealt with, uh, you know, a lot of topics that people were dealing with at that time. So um, Broadway so much more than entertainment. It's a voice of the people as well. And through music, what better that way than with music? And now, all the rage, all the rage is lo, de lo que está hablando todo el mundo. The most popular thing that everybody's talking about right now. And I'm, it, I have to say, hats off. It is one of the greatest pieces that I've ever uh, heard. I haven't seen it yet. I was supposed to see Hamilton Uh, on my last trip to New York, but it was canceled. So I'll have to take a rain check. To take a rain check is hacerlo en un día en el futuro. To take a rain check. And Hamilton, which is by Lin-Manuel Miranda, basically took hip-hop, the modern language, and it taught people the story of Hamilton and how the United States was founded. So what did Lin-Manuel Miranda do? Lin-Manuel Miranda, first of all, was a substitute teacher. So he had to find ways to make his lessons interesting. Fast forward, I don't know how many years, but let's say a decade, and this guy now is teaching Americans about the Battle of Yorktown. Well, he's teaching the world because Hamilton is famous all over the world now, this musical. He's teaching people American history via rap. And when you see kids at this musical not only being entertained but learning about you know, the history of their country, that's pretty cool. That is a very powerful thing. And Hamilton, uh, it's very hard to get tickets to that show, right? They are very sought after. If something is sought after, muy buscado. And I had tickets. Oh, man. Damn coronavirus got in my way of seeing Hamilton. Well, I will go back to New York, and I will return to Broadway. Because like Broadway, I, too, will bounce back. Yo volveré. All right. Well, guys, I've got to tell you something. This is the end of this week's podcast. Well, the free part of the podcast. If you want the bonus part, which I'm going to give you tons of cool vocabulary and not just cool vocabulary, but useful vocabulary. Plus, we're going to find out what the difference is between Broadway, Off-Broadway, and Off-Off-Broadway. We'll look at that. We'll also look at the longest-running show and... Why, when you go to a Broadway theater, there are no I rows. They don't have the row I. I'll give you all the answers to those questions and 
expand our English class with useful theater vocabulary, expressions, and recommendations all in the second part of today's show. So if you want to join me there, guys, go over to my Patreon and subscribe for just three euros a month. That's 10 cents a day. You guys will be able to get extra bonus content every week on this podcast. So check it out. It's patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. And thanks for joining us in the first part of today's FYI. Hello, amigos, and welcome back to the second part of today's FYI. This part is exclusively for my Patreon members, so thank you to all of you who are on Patreon and supporting me. I cannot thank you enough. Uh, So all this extra content, I hope you're making the most of it. I hope you're enjoying it as well. And remember, if you have any questions, just ask me. I'm your teacher, right? All right, well, guys, we were looking at Broadway in today's FYI, and we've already learned a lot of vocabulary, but I promised you guys I was going to tell you a few different things before the break, and, uh, well, these were things that uh, I myself found quite interesting, and I'm a person who knows a a thing or two, por decirlo, una cosita o dos, a thing or two about the theater, and these facts, some of these facts just blew my mind. Now, the first one is the longest running show. Now, if you had to think about it, now, a show has a run. The time a show is in the theater is the show's run. So how long was the show running? It ran for five years. That means on stage on Broadway. So what is the longest running show? Let me give you a little clue. It came out in 1988, It's been out for decades now, obviously, if it came out in 1988. It takes place in a theater. No, I don't mean the play. Uh, Obviously, the play does, but I mean the play inside the play takes place in in a theater. That's right, folks. I'm talking about the Phantom of the Opera is here inside your mind. (laughs) I know, I'm a bit melodramatic, so you buckle I've been told. Maybe that's why I studied theater. (laughs) So yes, this show has broken all kinds of records. And uh, to be honest, I hadn't seen it up until a few years ago. So it's the typical show that you're like, well, I'll see that anytime. If you live in New York, you're like, well, I'm going to go see something new. Because that's always going to be there. And it seems that way. And it is the longest running show on Broadway. Now, I should clear another thing up before we talk about shows, because up to now, we've only really talked about musicals, uh, musical theater. Musicals are king, believe me. Speaking of, The Lion King, Broadway's highest grossing show. So there's another record for you. The longest running show is Phantom of the Opera. The highest grossing, the one that earned the most money, is The Lion King. In fact, it's been uh, on Broadway for over 20 years now, and it has grossed $1.4 billion. Now, remember, we say a billion, you say mil millones, so be careful. But it's still an astronomical number, I think anyone would agree. $1.4 billion. Let me break it down. Vamos a desglosarlo un poco. That's $2 million a week, The Lion King. Pretty incredible. It's broken all sorts of records as well. And it's cool because there's a whole, there is a whole community of theater nerds or theater geeks, as they call us, who know all this stuff. And if you don't think, you know, this, these numbers are big, let me just give you a comparison here. Phantom of the Opera. The revenue, now revenue is ingreso, the revenue of Phantom of the Opera is higher than any film or stage play in history, including Titanic, E.T., Star Wars, and Avatar. That's how big Phantom of the Opera is. And it's not even the highest grossing show. As I just said, the king is the Lion King. That was an easy joke. The Lion King was the first ever Broadway show to gross, not to gross, gross es bruto, pero también es ingresar $1 billion dollars in revenue. Otra vez, billion, mil, millones. But 
It's not all musicals, I promise. There are other shows, and those shows are called straight plays, right? So a straight play could be a comedy or a drama where there's no musical aspect. But the majority of what you see on Broadway is musical theater. But there are straight plays, and I've seen some amazing straight plays on Broadway too. If you like more drama and you're not into the musical aspect of it, right? So pretty impressive figures. Those numbers, I mean, that's a, a whopping, you know this word, whopping. Conocéis el whopper, no? But whopping is enorme, right? A whopping $2 million a week is what the Lion King grosses. That's, man, <laughs> I, I'm, I went into the wrong business here. Also, I told you that the there's no row I in Broadway. In Broadway theaters, there's no row, row es fila. There's no row in row I. And the reason is, is because if you think about it, you could probably figure it out. But the reason is because people thought that it was row one. They would look at their tickets and be like, oh, I, it's one. And they would go to row A. So remember, the rows are not numbered. They are lettered. A, B, C, D. So the letters go from A to H. Then they skip I. Se saltan la I. And then it's J through Z. Because for many years, they had people who were kind of having problems. <laughs> this is my seat. No, it's not. It's, that's not your seat. So they said, you know what? We don't want any more rows. Now, I just said row is fila. Yeah, but... A row, también hay gente que lo pronuncia row, es una pelea. So we don't want any rows over people sitting in the wrong rows. I thought that was a brilliant solution. They were like, oh man, here we go again. We've got a row in the front row. Tenemos una pelea en la primera fila. And uh, so then they, they said, okay, let's just get rid of it. Vamos a deshacernos de esta I. And uh, done. Hey. You know, pragmatic, pragmatic people on Broadway. But I didn't realize it. I've been to Broadway theaters millions of times. Not millions, I'm exaggerating. I'm overstating it. But I've been to Broadway theaters hundreds of times, and I never realized that. I never paid attention to the... the you know, I, I looked at my ticket, and I went to my seat, and I went to my row, and I, I sat down, and I enjoyed the show. So uh, that's a good trivia question for those of you who like to do trivia. And uh, I also told you that uh, I was going to tell you a little bit about Broadway and why, what's a Broadway show? What's an off-Broadway show? What's an off-off-Broadway show? Because they all exist. Uh, the, the most famous one, the one you know, the one you're listening to on the podcast is, is probably Broadway. But off-Broadway exists. And so does off-off-Broadway. Now, what does that mean? Well, off, no está en Broadway. Well, we, we already said most theaters are not on Broadway. They're in the theater district. So, well, there's some prerequisites, okay? Unos requisitos. Theaters with the house. The house is donde está el público. En, en, habla en jerga, en theater slang. The house is el público. Theaters with a house that is larger or more than 499 seats. That's Broadway. Now, remember, you have to be in New York can't be in Kansas, okay? There are other prerequisites, but obviously those are in New York City, right? In Manhattan. So 499 seats plus, and we're talking Broadway theater, okay? Eh, también la palabra seat es uh, que se pueden sentar. So caben tanta gente. The theater seats 500 people. So a Broadway theater seats 499 people and up. Now, off-Broadway is to 499. Now, if I were you, ponte, just put that extra seat in there. Make it 500. <laughs> you know? Any theater in that New York area, in that theater district, with anywhere between 99 and 499 seats is off-Broadway. And then 99 and below is off-off-Broadway. Okay? Now, what does this mean? Well, this doesn't have anything to do with the quality of the show. I, obviously, it has something to do with the, the budget, el presupuesto. It definitely has something to do with the budget because when you're on Broadway, well, you can bring in more 
you know, audience members and you can get more sponsors and blah, blah. And so just like in anything, the bigger the business, well, the more you can spend, the more you can invest, invertir. So, but it doesn't really mean the quality of the show is going to be worse, you know. In fact, most big shows, most popular shows, including Rent, one of my favorite ones that I talked about in the first part, Jonathan Larson's Rent. That was workshopped. That was off-Broadway, off-off-Broadway before it went to Broadway. So this is a chance for maybe people who are saying, I, I don't know if people are going to like this play. I, don't, I think it needs, to, it needs work. So they do something in New York. We call this workshopping a play. Workshopping it is you're putting it, you know, you're trying it on different audiences, right? It's more of in the experimental phases. And if things go well, if audiences start reacting and you keep making changes and you tweak it to tweak es hacer unos cambios pequeños, it could make its way to Broadway. So many, many shows. In fact, if you're smart, it's a lot cheaper to go see an off-off Broadway show than a Broadway show. And if you've got good taste and obviously that show has a little luck, you could be seeing a show before it's huge and famous and and known worldwide, such as Hamilton. So, you know, don't rule out, no descartes, uh, going to, uh, to see an off-Broadway show or an off-off-Broadway show, especially if you're trying to save some money, you know. Some people travel on a shoestring budget. This is an expression that means that you're traveling with not too much money, on a shoestring budget. So you don't want to spend... You know, a Broadway show is expensive. I mean, you're going to be dazzled, as we said in the intro, but it's expensive. Broadway shows are not cheap. So, you know, you go down in price, but you don't necessarily go down in quality. Hey, there's my challenge for you. Go take a, a look at a, an off-Broadway show or an off-off-Broadway show. And uh, who knows? Maybe two, three years down the road, más adelante down the road, you'll say, hey, I saw that show when it was off off Broadway for 20 bucks. <laughs> so uh, there you go, guys. A little secret there, you know. Uh, a lot of people don't know because you hear about Broadway, but you don't know about Broadway uh, versus off Broadway versus off off Broadway. Anybody who knows Al Pacino, and speaking of Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, a lot of these actors got their start in the theater. In fact, this is my opinion. You don't kill me. Uh, film actors, but I think theater acting is a lot more difficult than film acting. Film acting, you can just do it with your face. Theater acting, you got to make sure that everybody in the whole theater, all 500 plus of those people, is feeling that emotion that you're giving them. So on film, obviously, you can say, cut, 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 cortamos. In the theater, it's live, baby. It's happening. So even the same play La, la misma obra de teatro, you won't have the same performance twice because it's happening live right in front of your face. So two totally different monsters. I always, this is my opinion again, I always say if you can do theater, uh, then you can act on film. But if you do film, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can do theater. And the best actors that I've, I've, I've ever seen do it all. Uh, speaking of, Al Pacino got his start. He was, he was first discovered on the New York theater scene off-Broadway, okay? So just to give you an idea, you might be seeing the next Al Pacino and saving 50 bucks because you didn't go see a Broadway show, you saw an off-Broadway show. There's a little insider tip, right? Tip es consejo, o también decimos la palabra pointer. So we already know the word act. Interpretar is to act, right? He's acting. Uh, hacer el papel is to play the role. So he's, uh, Al Pacino is playing the role of Don, blah, blah, blah. You can play your role. We, we also use it outside of the theater, by the way. Oh, man, he's always playing a role. Siempre está haciendo un papel. So remember, it's somebody who's maybe phony, falso. You say, he's always playing a role. So it's not just reserved for actors. Hay muchos actores por ahí. And I love this one. This is one that they say, you're perfect for the part, or the actor was perfect for the part. Estabas hecho para el papel. You were made to play this part. Y me encanta esto. To play a role. To play a part in a play. Todo es jugar. And what is acting? 
playing. You're playing a role in a play that was written by a playwright, and everybody in that circle wants to play. That's what it's all about. Let's look at another thing that I've, I've seen a few mistakes here with audition versus cast. I know in Spain, in Spanish, you say a casting. I have a casting. We say I have an audition. It's called, the, the process is called casting. In fact, the person who's casting the show, buscando los papeles, is the casting director. And you show up for the audition. And you audition. So it's the noun and the verb. Presentarse, right? So we use the word casting, but in a different way. The same thing, speaking of the actors and, and them eating, you say catering, which is very common in filmmaking and also in, in the theater. They have, we don't pronounce it catering. We say catering. No catering, catering, catering. Uh, auditions versus casting, similar, but a little bit different there. Let's also, I wanted to look at the theater. So we've got the stage, you can be on stage, you can be backstage, backstage is detrás del escenario. Be careful, I know in Spanish you say en el backstage. In English it's just I was backstage, asecas, not in the backstage. So I was backstage, I was on stage, I was in the house. Remember we said in the part of the theater where the audience, remember we don't say public, we say the audience. So where the audience is is called the house. In fact, when you're on stage, I remember when you're in a rehearsal, un ensayo, and the, the director says, move stage left or house left. Porque dependiendo en qué dirección estás mirando is house left or stage left or house right or stage right when you're directing the show, when you're workshopping the show and the th and I have to say something a lot of people may think that the Broadway shows rehearse in the theater no if they're those theaters are really expensive guys to rent okay and so they they have a rehearsal space it looks like a gym como un gimnasio with windows windows maybe some mirrors for people to dance the choreography and they rehearse in these little spaces until finally they're ready to go into the big theater. So they don't actually get to that theater until the, you know, a couple weeks, maybe a couple nights before opening night. Opening night is la noche que empieza el, la obra, right? Opening night. And uh, I know in Spanish you say mucha, in English we say break a leg, break a leg. Another thing about the theaters too on Broadway, they are grandiose. In general, these theaters are just marvels. You will just, you know, if you like architecture, if you like design, these theaters are just amazing. Some of them are, they have chandeliers. It's just really nice decor. There's another thing, though, too. You won't always find the theaters looking the same. This is, I think, an interesting thing, too. So a lot of times the theater outside, you know, uh, in the, the lobby, la zona donde esperas para entrar, right, recepción, the, the lobby area, or by the box office, it's the decor matches the show or the time period in question. So I remember when I saw Rent, there was like spray paint on the walls, and it was cool because before you even go into the theater, you're already, you know, transported to that other world. And that, I think, is the beauty of theater, that even before you take your seat, and the curtain goes up and the music starts, you've already been transported to another place. Broadway theaters. I mean, even if you don't go see a show, go see a Broadway theater. They are pretty impressive. Como decimos, impresionantes, impressive. Now, I also wanted to talk really quickly about the difference between theater ER and theater RE. A lot of my students said, is one British and one American? Well, as somebody who studied theater, no. I've heard people say yes, but no. For us in the United States, the theater, ER, is the physical place. The place I was just describing with the chandeliers, that's a theater. It's a building. It's un edificio, a theater. But I studied theater, RE. So when we're talking about the craft or the field, el campo, el oficio, or el campo, the craft or the field, we're saying theater, RE. Al final. When we're talking about the physical place, we're saying ER. That's, a, that's what they taught me. And I studied theater, R-E. But I did a lot of plays in the theater, E-R. 
<laughs> okay. A few more things, guys. I want to give you a few idioms before we get going as well. Some idiomatic expressions, because as you guys know, um, we use a lot of idiomatic expressions for sports, in business, for theater, in relationships, etc. So these are uh, idioms that you don't only use and are not restricted to use only in the theater. These you can use in everyday life. The first one is to upstage someone. Now, think about this one. I just said the stage. So upstage is in front of them. Downstage is behind them. So if you upstage somebody, you're standing in front of them and the audience can't see them, you're taking away their protagonism. You're upstaging them. Another way we say this is to steal someone's spotlight. I think you say something similar in Spanish. Robarle el foco. Are you trying to steal my spotlight? Are you trying to upstage me? Two words that come from the theater and they're synonyms, right? Here's another one I love too. A tough act to follow. Now an act is a performance, Right? We looked at the verb act, but an act is a performance. So if somebody does a good job, let's say uh, people are giving graduation speeches, to give a speech or to make a speech, hacer un discurso. So they're giving these speeches and somebody just gives an amazing speech. The whole crowd is just, a, you know, standing ovation. Otra cosa del teatro. The standing ovation is aplauso de pie, right? When the actors bow... Cuando hacen los, ¿no? Al final, esas reverencias que hacen, the audience, if they really like the show, they give them a standing ovation. If the guy who goes right before you gets a standing ovation, you would say, ooh, that's a hard act to follow, or that's a tough act to follow. Que no quiero seguir su performance porque fue muy bueno. His performance or her performance was so good that I don't want to go after it. That means it's going to be hard to be better or to top what that person did. I always say it with Fitz when I'm on my radio show. My friend Fitz has a radio show before me, and he's a master at what he does. So I always say Fitz is a hard act to follow. I hope I do a good job. So these are just some idioms that are, as I said, taken out of the theater and used in everyday life. And as you can see, you can see the passion in my eyes if you're watching this video. If you're hearing it and you can hear the passion in my voice, I really do love theater. And I want to leave you guys with a couple recommendations on today's episode. Uh, first thing, as I said, see an off-Broadway or an off-off-Broadway show. Uh, who knows? You could see the next big thing. Also, there's a place in Times Square called TKTS. It's a theater fund, and you can get same-day tickets, you know, the same day as the show, for discounted prices. So check that out, too. It's TKTS. All right? And, uh, well, I'll leave you with a song, too. And uh, this is a song, every time I hear it, it, uh, it just makes me think of Broadway and all those amazing memories, recuerdos, those moments bonding no, creando vínculos with my mother at Broadway shows. And uh, the song goes, They say the neon lights are bright on Broadway, on Broadway. They say the neon lights are bright on Broadway. And guys, if you want to be dazzled, if you want to be entertained, you want to learn, think, reflect, there's no business like show business to do that for you. And there's no place like Broadway. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Thank you to all my Patreons. You guys are awesome. And we'll be back next week with another episode of FYI. In case you guys didn't notice, the second half of the podcast was free for everybody this week. If you guys liked it, you can join us on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. And a special shout out to my super duper student, Loles, and my interstellar students, Carmen, Aina, and Diana. Hang on, hang on. Bring that music back in. How could I forget about my amigos? 
Special thanks to Augusto Hernandez for the song, Souvenir. Also, my amigo Nacho for lending me his voice and expertise in editing. Now, the show is officially over. See you next week. Tengo que reconocer que 